Well, the San Diego Comic-Con is almost upon us, and I, for one, am very excited about Hasbro's mediocre Marvel Legends reveals for figures that are unlikely to ever get made, let alone distributed. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 124, for the week of Wednesday, the 9th of July, 2014. I'm Ben, and with me tonight are... Justin. And Scott. This episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff and ActionFigureBlues.com. And tonight we titillate with a thrifty trio of Toys of the Week featuring the Funko Legacy Game of Thrones Jon Snow action figure, the Hasbro Spider-Man Classics Scorpion Sting Venom action figure, and the Kotobukaya Artifacts Hulk one-tenth scale statue. Howdy, chaps. How's it going? Hey. Good, thank you. <laughs> Are you sick? Uh, well, last week I mentioned that everyone else in my house was sick and that I was politely spraying them in the face with disinfectant. In Glen 20, yeah. Yeah, but um, obviously not enough because I can feel... But last night I was just like, oh, man. Um, so I've got... I've taken every echinacea e herbally cold resisting thing under the sun and uh yeah i've got this weird phenomenon happening at the moment because i took this cultural cold and flu which is meant to unblock you know everything uh, i mean nasally and uh but it's only worked on one nostril so i've got one completely blocked nostril and one completely clear nostril which is better than zero completely clear nostrils or better than two halves or something well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> then you'd probably just be like whistling when you're <laughs> laughing at your expense that's right yeah so i can't like, i can't those guys i'm going home <laughs> i can't um uh guarantee what uh <laughs> what the um standard nose whistling noises <laughs> might be tonight <laughs> oh, that's excellent <laughs> So uh, you you were the last man standing, and you've finally succumbed. So I, do, you, do you think you'll elicit enough sympathy? Like, have you been sympathetic to the rest of the family? Yeah, my, I have to say, my poor, um, lovely bride has been sick for three weeks, and this week uh, she's just been sick as a dog, like uh, really bad. So I, I've, I have certainly got a lot of um, good husband points in the. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a really bad sick person. Like I. We, we, one of the things that she is capable of doing is when she's really unwell, she can just go to bed and not get up until mm. she's okay. But I'm just too hyper and OCD for that. So it's like, you know, if I have a sick day, it's like, you know, 11 o'clock and I have just finished tidying the house and then I think I might lie down. You know, it's just terrible. So, <laughs> um, but this week coming up is actually, I, I can work from home this week if I need to. So, nice. um, yeah, cause it's the one week of the, the, in the holidays where all the schools that we service are on holidays. Yep. Yep. So I'm like, I'm not on holidays, but I can work from home. So I have a feeling I shall be doing that. I won't be taking this because I have, I really, uh, people who come to work sick drive me insane. 
It's like, thank you. Now we're all going to get sick. Yeah. Um, so I shall not take this into the office. Mm. Well, before I think too much about you working at home in your onesie with your Godzilla slippers. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> I might move on and ask Justin about his, his onesie choice. Uh, penguin normally, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week has just been one of those rinse and repeat weeks, hasn't... Uh... No real highlights. Finished my diploma this week. Oh, um, good work. That's a highlight. Congratulations. Thank you. Oh, wow. Now I have to get a real man's job, you know. So. <laughs> and, and what was <laughs> That's a downside. What are you now qualified in exactly? Uh, I have a diploma in work, health, and safety. Oh. So, very good. Yeah. If anyone wants to hire me, contact uh, <laughs> the forum. <laughs> Employment at actionforgivelies.com. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, I can uh, shuffle off to some sort of uh, safety role somewhere. So yeah. I've been uh, looking around. I have a bit of a um, past with that with that sort of industry as well. So hopefully those two things combined can uh, lead to some good news. Hopefully close to home would be excellent. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's exciting. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. That's an that's an achievement to to any kind of qualification while you are working full time and mm. have a family. Yeah. yeah. I was able to do it six months short of what I had to do it as well. I had eighteen and I did it in twelve. So Good job. I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah. Good work. Did you celebrate by ducking down to Sarah Lee? <laughs> <laughs> Not this week. Uh the no. Sarah Lee free week this week. Jeez. No. Did you celebrate harsh. by just like walking randomly into a workplace and pointing out all of their <laughs> Um, non OHS compliant activity. Well, the funny thing about that is, is my wife's work has been the template for what I've had to do because my where I work, it's just two of us, so we don't really have uh, safety issues, and we visit sites. So we sites being residences, so we don't have uh, any sort of safety practice at all. So <laughs> I was asking asking my wife because uh, she works for a large organisation. And she's like, I don't know. We don't do any of that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It's been uh, it's been interesting to say the least. (laughs) Mm. I tried to raise our milk frother as a OHNS issue Mm. last week, not because there's anything safety wrong with it. It's just really crappy. (laughs) So you know, my kind of theory is like you know, it's bad for morale, and that's ultimately bad for occupational health and safety, right? Like if you have people going off on mental health days because the milk frother is so bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the latest newsletter is all about that, so I can uh, milk frothers. Not not particularly (laughs) that, but uh, workplace bullying and the rest of it. It's very exciting reading. I can pass on that and the legislation involved with it as well. So if you want some risk reading, let me know. Well, I mean, that is a a growing, uh, I don't want to say industry, but certainly it is important to have somebody that really understands that stuff in a business. Um, So that's exciting. A lot of good things could happen there. Yeah, I hope so. Yay! Hey, Ben. Yeah. Hey, what about you? I heard you're doing swimming lessons. You told me that this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you improving? I, sh- I should get around to it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, one of one of the tadpoles is uh, is doing it and, and loving it. Um, As tadpoles should. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> but one one thing that was interesting this week is um, uh, the kids' school. They do a. a a semi-regular day with a theme and, you know, everyone sort of brings along a, a, a gold coin donation and they, you know, they give that money to charity or something and, you know, we go along and they have different, you know, there's silly hat day and all this sort of thing. But 
they did one the other day and it was um, pyjama day. Mm. And uh, I said to my wife, you know, I said to, to Mrs. Shake, are, are you sure it's it's <laughs> like pyjama day? And she's like, yeah, they go to school in their pyjamas. Like, but like the pyjamas, like they sleep in. Yeah, yeah, like their pyjamas or a onesie and, you know, it's like, so it's pajama day. They go in their pajamas, and she's like, "I don't understand. Like, what? what was why is this such a, a big deal?" It's like this. This makes up ninety percent of the nightmares I had as a child. You know, like I was at school in my pajamas, and everyone was laughing at me. Are you sure? So of course I had school drop off on that day, and you know I'm I'm walking, you know, Miss Five Tadpole in, and she's bouncing along in her Peppa Pig pajamas and. <laughs> She's, you know, laughing away and can't wait for pajama day. And I'm like, I feel really weird. And then I see like four or five other kids, and none of them are in pajamas. And I thought, this is it. This is it. My nightmare is coming true vicariously through my child. And um, yeah, but once we we sort of got in there, you know, all the teachers had their onesies, and it was mm. all quite entertaining. Well, I think it's the like in Australia where um, school uniform is, you know, generally compulsory. It's the reverse thing of the forgetting to wear free dress on the day when it's free dress mm. or a mufti or wherever they call it where you are. Um, so, you know, I always felt as a teacher, sorry for that kid that rocks up in full school uniform and realizes, oh, man. <laughs> it's, it's normally not that parent's fault either. It's a, some little crushed up letter in the bottom of their Oh, for sure. Yes. Nag, but, mm. you know, that's why it's good to get the newsletter. We get it on every Monday, so we go straight through and see what's happening because, Talking to the kids is like hitting a to brick wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you do at school today? Nothing. Oh, okay. I love that. Yeah. Don't go tomorrow then. Exactly. Like, you know, I'll, I'll drop you off at the um, the horse stables. <gasps> really? <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They need someone to pick up the poo. Uh, what? <laughs> well, I figure if you no need to go to school, but if you don't go to school, you won't get a good job. So you can go out there and just pick up horse poo all day. I don't want to pick up horse poo all day. Well, you know, do you want to go to school? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, all right. Well, that's enough of whatever that was. Uh, <laughs> real life stuff. Yeah. That's right. Th- these um these opening sections, I think, are so. I'd love to kind of just listen to those for the podcast, like just in a row, because they're the most random conversations. Like you know, they're they're not planned. You know, whatever you know, what, whatever you end up talking about is yeah, it's quite interesting, really. Like, well, to me anyway. <laughs> Probably the people out there are like, oh, my God, just start talking about the toys. <laughs> well, all right. Speaking of which, how about we get started with some articulated news? Thunder, 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 thunder. Introducing evil mutant warriors, Rattaro, Soldier Man, the Destroyer, battle against Lion-O and the new Thundercat allies, Hatchy Man, Snowman. Tesco Warrior, the battle is on for the Sword of Omen. Figures and vehicles each sold separately from LJF. Well, before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. And Articulated News is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. And we're not a comprehensive toy news service. These are just the stories that relate to the things we're interested in and may have caught our eye this week. And... Something has caught my eye this week, so I'm going to kick things off first. Good on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a, an, another classic example of where did that come from? And uh, uh, an email <laughs> now, I Ben, we've had these conversations before. I know, sideshow are just no, so okay. bizarre. They can tease you for like nine months for something, and then 
other things just suddenly, bam, it's there. There's the pre-order. Get your credit card ready. Uh, mm, yeah. But anyway, um, Sideshow have a King Hulk premium format statue uh, currently up for pre-order. And um, what's interesting is this isn't actually a continuation of the recent slew of Hulk statues that we got. Uh, we've got the series of three Hulk statues that are all based on the same sculpt. Um, this one is an all-new sculpt, and uh, it is King Hulk from the uh, the World War Hulk storyline, or the Planet Hulk storyline. Um, and it's monstrous. Uh, it's 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 a big ass statue. Um, so this is the Hulk in his armored glory. You know he's got the gladiator gladiatorial sort of armor on, and he's got a uh, you know a honking great axe and a sword, etc. Um, this one comes in at twenty eight inches high. Jeez, um, he uh, he's looking uh, he's looking pretty ripped. I gotta say, um, yeah, look, oh, beautiful looking statue, fantastic design, fantastic sculpt. Um, I'm not sure I'm that comfortable with a Hulk who's practically in a, a leather loincloth. This <laughs> um, has got the sort of practically the leather g-string thing happening, um, as opposed to the usual purple pants. I mean, it, it's beautifully done, and, and certainly the painting on um, the armor and the, the skin tones look fantastic. I just don't get how they can possibly maximize the sale of all of these different Hulk premium formats by having them up for pre-order at once. That's right. Because, you know, you'd have to think that somebody, people who are going to buy this particular piece are your target audience for the other pieces. So they've already got at least one or more of them on pre-order. And so they would look at this now and go, Oh, great. Well, I can't, I can't afford that right now as well. Like it's, um, I don't understand the strategy behind this. But, I mean, I guess Sideshow does, um, you know, I think probably this stuff ultimately will sell. They keep stuff around until it sells. They've obviously got the the money to be able to carry some of this for a while until it's all gone. And Hulk is an incredibly popular character. But the, the... uh, you know, we're seeing two things here that we've been commenting on a lot lately. One is just the sudden announcement and pre-order without the lead-up. But the second is different versions of characters coming out um, as a surprise. Mm, so succession. that's right. You know, like you know, to me, like I've I've pre-ordered the um, green premium format Hulk coming. That's all that I want. Um, mm. But if if I was someone who, you know, thought, wow, well. I, I, if they ever made Planet Hulk, I would definitely do that, but they probably won't, so I'll get this one. I'd be so annoyed right now. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think uh, Sideshow figured that you've got a while to pay this sucker off if you do their flex pay. So, you know, if you're willing to put down $25 a week for the next six months, um, then this guy could be yours. So um, he'll set you back 600 US dollars and... So- uh, ex- Sorry, Justin. No, sorry, man. I was just going to say the sculpting around the neck looks really weird to me. Almost looks like a, a turtle uh, popping out. Yeah, of the shell. he's got some massive neck muscles going on, doesn't he? No one yeah. has those. <laughs> oh come on, he's the Hulk. He's gamma um, irradiated. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, he seems to be quite. Um, it's it's got to be odd to say this, but he almost seems lean. Like he's quite tall, but not as wide as he normally would be. But um. Oh, look, it's a beautifully execu- executed piece, you know, with that yeah. armour and, and yeah. that sort of thing. Um, the other thing I read now, I'm trying to remember where I read it, but um, I think this is actually exclusive to Sideshow. Yes, it is. So if you don't get it through Sideshow, you you can't get it 
basically. So, hmm. anyway, keep an eye out for that one. Um, you can pre-order that now or you can save up your pennies and buy it when it um, ships in six months' time. All right, moving on. Um, we are still getting our San Diego Comic-Con exclusive announcements. Uh, they're coming thick and fast. Uh, most of it's shit. Um, <laughs> but every now and then there's uh, a couple of things that, that jump out. Um, our buddies at Hot Toys, damn you, where's my Star Wars, um, they've announced a couple of exclusives, uh, which, which is interesting because um, a few years ago they did the Hot Toys Shadow Predator as a, as a Toy Fairs exclusive, and, and I don't think anyone at the time could work out what a Toy Fair exclusive was, um, <laughs> and it didn't really matter because it was available pretty much anywhere. So um, I wouldn't get too sort of panicky if there's there's anything here that you're interested in. But um, the first one I'm certainly interested in, and that is the um, the 2014 Toy Fair exclusive Hot Toys Ancient Predator. And uh, you're probably going, Ancient Predator, I can't keep up. Is that the Elder Predator? Is that the Shaman Predator? No, this is actually the, the Ancient Predator is seen in a flashback sequence in the first Alien vs. Predator film, and you actually see him on the, um, the Predator's homeworld. And so, um, yeah, look, this is what you'd expect from uh, from Hot Toys. It's you know another fantastic Predator with some fantastic detailing. Apparently, it's screen accurate. Um, I don't remember this guy clearly enough to be able to say yay or nay, but I'm taking Hot Toys' word for it. And uh, it comes with some pretty groovy um, accessories, as, as do all the Predators. But in particular, this one comes with a, a spear with a um, severed alien head sort of impaled on it, which is kind of new because uh, they do a lot of uh, reuse with the Predators, so that's pretty nifty, and I'll be looking out for that one. Cool. Uh, and, uh, yeah, another is the, the Dark Knight, the Joker 2.0 bank robber version, sixth scale figure. Now, there was so much stuff coming out from the Nolan Batman films that I actually can't keep up with what they've yeah. done in terms of the Joker, so I'm assuming this is some kind of a hybrid of the figures that they've already done. Um, so I assume that head sculpt we've seen before, they've just put together a, a different um, a different outfit to go with him. But he certainly comes with a lot of stuff. It looks like he comes with at least uh, two, four, six, eight hands. He's got multiple weapons. Um, there's money. There's the, the clown mask, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, uh, yeah, looking particularly Heath Ledger-ish. So, very nice, so yeah. keep an eye out for that one. And oh, the last one, I am so excited. I just cannot wait because <laughs> it is another Iron Man figure. <laughs> so if, Thank if God. Are, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So, you know, if you've only got 48 Iron Man figures, now's your chance to get a 49th, and that is with the Iron Man 3 Iron Man Mark 20 Python armor, six-scale figure. Now, I assume that's Mark 20 because it's just XX. So, um I assume Roman numerals are a thing of days gone by as far as teaching in school, so I'll help you out and say that's a Mark 20. Um, um, we still teach Roman numerals. <laughs> <laughs> Good grief. Apparently it is the long-distance suit from the Iron Legion, if that makes any sense to anybody. Um, I'm what? Trying to, I'm trying to forget Iron Man 3. Um, but anyway, look, it's got black and gold armour, it's got LED light-up stuff, interchangeable parts, comes with a... Um, uh, a figure stand, etc., etc. So there you go. Hot Toys are doing stuff. They're just not doing any Star Wars. But I do go on. <laughs> um, you never know. This could be this um, San Diego could be the moment. This could be it. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, my next piece of news is one I am extremely excited about. Um, very, very um, keen to get this, and that is that NECA announced that they are finally soliciting their uh, their their well, what is it, one six scale? Um, sorry, I'm not one. Their twelve scale. But anyway, look for their aliens and predator line that they've been producing. They have finally solicited the Queen the alien xenomorph queen and she's an ultra deluxe boxed figure um you can tell she's ultra and she's deluxe because she is 15 inches tall and over 30 inches long so she's two and a half feet long holy dooly uh, wow. yeah and they've got a um in the the promo shots in the solicitation images there's actually a picture of the queen with one of the um the recent um, colonial marine figures so we're talking about you know six and a half inch tall figure and she's just massive she towers over that figure so this is going to be awesome so look i think the list price is around 120 dollars um but you know have a look around and you'll find that for uh, a little bit cheaper i just couldn't find a released oh no sorry october 2014 so just around the corner big bad so, has it for 94.99 they do indeed. So I am super excited for this. Really, really can't wait. Um, NECA hinted about this about two years ago, that they were working on a queen, and, and I think it was just simply a matter of um, getting the, the, the technology to do what they wanted it to do and, and getting this figure just right. So um, I imagine the articulation will be pretty darn impressive. I or suspect that we'll... No, it's not. I suspect we'll be hearing no. about this on a future podcast. Oh, I think we will. <laughs> I, think, I, I think it will be the toy of the week, without a doubt. I'm very, very excited for that one. And uh, my last piece of news is, is an interesting one. Um, I don't know, we, we talked a little while ago about XM Studios, who have just come onto the market. I don't know if they've been producing stuff in the past, but... They recently sort of um, burst onto the scene doing some quarter-scale statues um, with a, a Marvel licence, and we saw a, a Captain America, amongst other things, and for those of us that um, missed out on the Sideshow Premium format one, um, this was a, a pretty exciting opportunity. Turns out they're not cheap, um, no. but they are very impressive, and they've just solicited a Black Widow statue. Now, she's limited to just 500, and... Uh, Wow, these guys—they're—they're they're not holding back. Um, it's not cheap. You're talking six hundred and sixty bucks for a quarter-scale statue, which, um, you know, the equivalent sort of thing through sideshow. You're only looking at you know around three hundred and fifty. But um, they've gone to town on this thing. Um, basically, we're looking at Natasha in her traditional sort of outfit, black outfit, um, long red hair, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, everything looks pretty comic accurate, but. This thing comes with additional scenery, so she's leaning against part of a uh, sort of wrought iron fence. Um, you know, you've got some brickwork with a lamp on top, and uh, she's got her handguns ready to go. Now, what's really interesting about this particular statue is they've gone with a swap-out portrait. Now, that's not unusual. Sideshow do that sort of thing all the time. But you have the choice of a long-haired or short-haired Natasha, and or Natasha, and the thing is, if you choose to do one head over the other, they include a mini bust of Natasha. So she's um, obviously waist up, no arms, and you use the bust to um, to basically store the other head. That is so clever. 
so it literally is a uh, it, it's a statue and a bust together, and um, you can swap the heads around. It also comes with swap out hands. Uh, my understanding is um, you can choose. I know the Captain America I think has something like three left hands and two right hands. It's um, very very impressive. So wow, these guys, yeah, they they are obviously. Um, <laughs> going at the market hard but i don't know 660 bucks um yeah they're based in singapore they are um and they they some of the guys that work on this stuff i think that own the company are people that do work for other um companies um like uh, art germ um, like Stanley Lau, um, I think so. And uh, I've seen a bit about just like the, their production process. Uh, saw the Captain America stuff. So tempted by that, just mm. because, as you said, um, I, 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 it's hard to imagine that a another classic Captain America premium format is in the pipeline. Um, but um, yeah, they, it is pricey. Um, you know, and that's when you think about that price. Plus exchange rate plus shipping. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm. And just to confirm, it looks like she's got three swap out left hands and two swap out right hands. So Ooh. she certainly comes with plenty mm. of choice. They've got some amazing stuff in the pipeline. There's a mm. Magneto on a throne that just looks quarter scale that looks flipping unbelievable. Yeah. But will be a zillion dollars, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Mm. Indeed. Anyway. That's my news. So I'm going to hand over to Justin. Okay. My first bit of news is from uh, Play Arts Kai, and it's a Titanfall Atlas with Pilot. So I believe Titanfall is a pretty popular uh, video game. I haven't partaken in such, th- so I'm not too sure. I'm plenty a bit of ignorance here. <laughs> but I can talk about how good this uh, uh, figure looks. It's almost 12 inches tall. Uh, set you back about 200 bucks. And it weighs what four four point two pounds, so it's heavy little sucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we look, it comes with a pilot as well, with an opening cockpit. Um, also has a chain gun and plasma rail gun, and nice. it's beautifully sculpted. It's, it um, is. Oh, this is impressive. I, I'm I'm blown mm. away because um, there's a couple of people who actually have the Titan for license, and I think the other one is um, not three A, not Ashley Woods Company. The other one that we keep confusing with three A. Two B. No, 4B. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's 3-something. 3-something. Three, three 3-0? Three <laughs> yeah, there is a 3-0. Yeah, yes. I think it's the 3-0. Yeah, I think it's the 3-0, guys. They're actually doing an atlas, and um, it's it's huge. And the thing is, the, the figure, the pilot, is actually a six-inch articulated figure, just just like you get from, like, DC Universe. So, you know, it's a, it's a six-inch articulated figure who goes in this giant battle mech. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm really keen to see what these guys can do with these licenses. And, and I think the Square Enix one just looks like a, um, a good alternative if you're not going to be able to afford, you know, the, the three zero one, which will probably be you know, double the price. Mm. And, uh, yeah, this looks great. I think the, the finish on the mech looks brilliant. Yeah, 12 inches tall as well, so it's uh, right up there. Um, do you know anything about the game, Ben? Oh, it's just, no, I haven't actually played it. It's mm. uh, just one of those ones where you get around in a giant mech and you just frag the shit out of everything. Okay. So Sounds pretty standard. It's my kind, my kind of game. Frag the shit out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's the technical term, is it? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Cool. Okay. Well, my second bit of news <laughs> is a Darth Vader life-size statue from Sideshow Collectibles. Now, I'm just going to run a few things with this, run through a few things, I should say. The shipping weight is 637 pounds. So that's about 290 kilos. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I could so have Well, I don't know. <laughs> that's what's a motorbike, isn't it? I was going to say, that's, wow, yep. that's that's huge. So it's captured in 1-1 one, one scale, so seven feet tall. Yeah. Uh, also, you need a down payment of 3,000, uh, sorry, uh, 3,500 for a down payment, and it'll set you back a tad under eight grand. Wow. So we have a few things here with a product size, 87.5 uh, inches in height. It's got 36 inches in width and uh, 24 inches in length. So, I mean, if you're a massive fan, I'm pretty sure something like this would be available in another market. But uh, to be done like this, the the scale, the beautiful composition, the costume, the pose, Mm. the stance, the lighted base, I mean, it is... It's it it does look nice. It, it's yeah. magnificent to look at. Like it uh, is. I, I don't think they'll have any trouble selling these. No. Uh, because, you know, there are people with money. And yes. um, if you have a big home theater mm. or th- and you're a huge Star Wars fan or, you know, a bit cashed up and had a pop culture store or something like, you know, that this would be nuts. And I'd rather have this than the life-size... Uh, replica of the vintage toy mm. remember we i can't remember is that mm. who's making that is that gentle giant or can't remember don't know yeah. but you know we reviewed that a while ago and thought yeah no i'd rather have a more uh well life a movie like you know version but if i had eight thousand dollars to spend i still don't think i would buy this yeah, good luck sending it priority international <laughs> <laughs> Might be cheaper to buy your own plane. Could you mark it as a gift, please? (laughs) (laughs) Send it in pieces. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) But it is very nice. Definitely is. And uh, the um, sorry, sorry, one of the promo shots they've got it with the life size Bubba Fett and the life size Hand and Carbonite. Um, That's just freaking cool. Okay, so Pop Culture Shock's Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is my next piece of news. It's the Caesar 1-4 scale. Um, now, this sucker is 24 inches in height. God, we're doing some uh, big stuff tonight. Yeah. <laughs> It'll set you back 340 bucks, and it looks magnificent. Now, this mm. is obviously Caesar from the new movie that's coming out. He has his war paint. Beautiful stance. He has a like a bow staff as well, sharpened spear, and I mean, it just looks fantastic. It's um, it's an incredible piece, and I've just been looking at the the uh, previews for this uh, movie, and it's it, it's going to be unreal. I mean, it harkens back to the old ones with the monkeys uh, riding the oh, so the apes rather riding the horses. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. pretty excited about this. It's coming out in uh, the second quarter of 2015. Mm. I think I already mentioned it. it includes three interchangeable spears as well. So got some fans wicked of, detailing. Yeah, yeah. fans of spears. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that movie. Yeah. But just the, the detailing on the face is very impressive. I mean, you know, this is the sort of thing where the eyes tell the story, and you really can't afford to get those googly eyes happening. I mean, can you imagine <laughs> having you know Caesar there with you know Marty Feldman kind of thing going on? 
Um, and they, they've nailed it. That looks really impressive. Um, what I really like about this piece is, you know, it's one quarter scale, but you're talking about, a, you know, what is effectively a chimpanzee. So he's not going to be real big anyway. No. So they've actually, you know, thought about it. And, and in order to sort of, I guess, you know, give it that scale, they've actually got him on top of a, a you know, a trunk of a, a tree. Um, so that sort of gives him some elevation. So... Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. Do you think there's enough people that are interested in this uh, franchise to grab one of these? Oh, well, I mean, I've, I've undenied with the NECA figures, and mm. it's one of those things that I, I don't understand why I don't, because I really enjoy the first film. The, the trailer for the second film looks really impressive. I own everything else, Planet of the Apes. I've got all the original movies and the TV series and... And everything, because you know, I've always enjoyed Planet of the Apes, but it's yeah. still not quite enough to push me over the line. Yeah, the, the, a... I've been tempted by those NECA figures as well, just because yeah. I did enjoy the film and they just look so good. But then it's, you know, it's a bit, it's too far out of my wheelhouse to yeah. justify. No, yeah. I, don't, I don't have anything against this. I just think as a, a one-off, it's. I mean, yeah, maybe if I had a, a huge man cave and I had one particular display cabinet with all those one-off pieces. You know where Caesar could sit next to you know Ash from Evil Dead or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're right. I get yeah. that. But um, still, no, kudos. I think that's uh, uh, looks very impressive. Cool. So we're going to move on to our weekly Funko news. <laughs> <laughs> of course. One yeah. bit of weekly Funko news. <laughs> yes. Correction. Uh, making. <laughs> Pop vinyl figures from uh, Kill Bill, and that seems to be uh, a license that's um, going places these days. Every every week, there seems to be a mention of something to do with Kill Bill. Uh, in this assortment, we're getting the Bride, we're getting Bill, uh, Crazy Eight, Aranishi, and Gogo Yubari. So they're Same coming to you. in September. Yeah, right. Thank you. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day, and the licenses that haven't been picked up yet. <laughs> Two come to mind: <laughs> Blade Runner. And Buckaroo Bonsai. So, I mean, if so, the, the world must be coming to an end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they haven't done the love boat, I'm pretty sure. Oh, Captain Stubing? I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, so, you know, what else can they do now? <laughs> and uh, I'm pretty sure they haven't done love boat or different strokes. Dukes oh. of Hazard. Oh, God. It's just, no, it's just depressing. I, I guarantee you, within a year, one of those that we've just mentioned for shits and giggles will be made. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Like you're talking about pop vinyl, <laughs> <laughs> and then the SDC exclusive will be Arnold in the back of the bicycle shop. <laughs> oh. Uh, Let it go, uh, man. Sorry, it go, man. <laughs> Keep the memory alive. <laughs> All right, and Justin's last piece. Oh, uh, my last bit of news. So <laughs> we're not really going to mention too much about vinyl, except they look pretty cool. Man. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a collection. All that good stuff. My next bit of news is the Walgreens exclusive Star Wars Black Boba Fett prototype. So I did a bit of research on this to find out why we're just getting a Boba Fett painted white, but (laughs) it's from the original Empire Strike Back when they did a few uh, test screenshots, I guess is the best way to do it, and some Ralph uh, McQuarrie-inspired artwork. Um, So having said all that, he will appear in Walgreens and um, that's about it. (laughs) Look for it at Walgreens this fall. It says pre-orders opening at San Diego Comic-Con. No price attached to this. Before last week where we talked about the uh, Marvel Legends Walgreens exclusive Venom, Mm. have we ever talked about Walgreens getting exclusive toys before? 
not to my knowledge that I can think of. <sighs> they could be our saviour. Oh, yeah, because there's so many of them here. <laughs> well, it's saviour in terms of the fact that there's more Walgreens than there are Walmart, Toys R Us and Target put together in America. Yeah. So apparently, reading some of the stuff on the boards, it's it's been a hit and miss with uh, mm. merchandise over the years as well, so... I don't know. Yeah, I don't think they're, they're particularly um, dedicated to, no. to stocking toys, and I think the most common comment is that, you know, you don't go in there for a particular wave of action figures and find ten of each on the pegs. You know, you might be lucky if you find half the wave because they'll only stock four or five figures. Mm. But, um, you know, having 8,000 stores that only have four or five figures is still a win in my book. Sure. I guess a good thing of this as well, it's not going to be a character like uh, Chewbacca or something like that. It's, uh, you know, a mm. proto of Boba Fett, so we're not really going to miss out too much on it. Yeah, me. I mean, but in, in regards to the figure itself, like, this is a complete pass for me. Like, I, I've mm. got a Boba Fett that I'm very happy with. I have mm. no interest in this whatsoever. Me either. It's interesting with these exclusivity things, though, where they can eventually turn up. You know, like a lot of the retailer exclusive stuff isn't really that exclusive. You know, it'll turn up eventually somewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, or well, well, you never know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen stuff in Toys R Us here with you know Target exclusive stickers on it. Yeah. Hmm. The Very um good. the uh San Diego last year San Diego Boba Fett and Han and Carbonite just suddenly popped up again for pre order on Big Bad for a normal price. So oh, it's okay. like, oh, thank you. I'll put that in my pile of loot. Thank you very much. Like, <laughs> appears to be a bit of the trend with these uh, Black Series figures that they're uh, re-releasing things all over the place. We got news that they're going to do that. What was the breakdown case ratio of one to one? So they yeah. might see those in the future as well, which is pretty good. Everyone yep. except Ben has hard trouble finding Stormtroopers, so that's um, that'll be good. <laughs> hey, just because I paid eleven ninety eight. <laughs> 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 Awesome. Yes, I've done very well. Yeah. Okay, oh, nice. my turn. Indeed. Indeed, sir. Okay, the first item of news is something that I momentarily got excited about until I clicked on the link. <laughs> this is the General Giant uh, San Diego exclusive, uh, which is a vintage jumbo size alien figure, which I thought, ooh, that could be really fun. And then I read Glow in the Dark. <laughs> vintage and so when you look at it it's a lime green alien <laughs> giant it glows in the dark man <laughs> I, didn't you read that part <laughs> I did like I read glow in the dark but then I, I just didn't imagine that it would be lime green I don't know <laughs> so I mean that, I guess that's cool mm. not feeling Christ, it price however is not no, I haven't seen the price. How much is the price? Scroll down. <laughs> Scroll down. Holy dooly! It's four hundred and ninety nine dollars. I know. <laughs> My it's, goodness! It closes two feet tall. Is it? That better. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's twenty four inches. Yeah. That oh. better come with a back rub and a happy ending for that price. That's <laughs> nuts. It, it closes in the dark, so you can actually you, know, you, you can use it to illuminate the room when you look into your wallet and see that it's empty. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, no, you'll need this because you won't be able to afford to pay your electricity bill. I understand. <laughs> um, right. could work for CSI, you know, one of those uh, <laughs> things that illuminate the room. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I, I love the idea of this. The um, 
one of our shops here in Melbourne has got quite a collection of the Star Wars jumbo um, ones, and they're so fun. Um, I don't know if they have made um, Akbar yet, but that's one I could totally see myself buying just because I just love that dude. Like, yeah. it's a trap. Um, it makes me hungry. <laughs> but yeah, I, I shan't be um, spending $500 US to get a glow in the dark jumbo vintage alien figure. No, thank you. But there you go. I'm sure someone's extremely excited about that. And speaking of something that I'm sure someone must be extremely excited about, uh, but not me, the monogram international comic con exclusive number five is the dc comics paperweight set and this is uh superman batman wonder woman joker looking rather classic certainly not new 52 uh as a set of paperweights that look like busts um for a hundred dollars such an old-fashioned thing Can 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 i just ask where did people used to work that they they accrued paper, but in such a manner that it was always being blown off their desk. I think you find the pioneers in air conditioning technology. People get air conditionings first turned on. Uh, they couldn't work out the settings properly, so I think that's where it came from. I think it's also. Someone's writing in right now. That is incorrect. The origin of paperweights is not linked to. You know, I actually think it's a legacy of you know whenever we see a, a movie, um, like a modern movie, and it's set in the forties or fifties or something. The way you make a room, you know, antiquated is just by sticking a slow-moving fan in the corner. <laughs> And then that just show that just you know gives you that that realism. And so I wonder if it's because back in the day, not every office was air conditioned, so people used to use fans in summer. And of course, as a consequence, you know, you needed paperweights to keep everything on your desk. Mm. I wonder if these are the same people that back in the day made the uh, Justice League Unlimited paperweights. Because they were basically busts, but called paperweights, and I wonder if it's a licensing thing. That mm. because they're basically they're mini busts. That the the um I had the I have the Aquaman, uh, Justice League, animated paperweight, but it's real. It's a mini bust. But I just wonder if it's a licensing thing that they have to call them paperweights because they yeah. don't have the license to make busts. Um, so, but there you go. I mean, they're actually for. The price of busts these days, four for a hundred dollars, is pretty good. Yeah, and they are classic looking and um, look uh, nice. So that is something else to look out for at San Diego. Hmm. And uh, speaking of San Diego, and speaking of our good friends at Funko, <laughs> we really should start charging for saying that. Uh, I'll I'll say good friends, you know, for almost any company if they'll pay. Um, yep, yeah. the. The uh, because there's not enough Funko uh, exclusives at San Diego. There's now going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy movie Rocket Raccoon flocked version. Hmm. If you didn't know who Rocket Raccoon was twelve months ago, you certainly yeah. will now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? I have a complaint. This isn't about it being flocked. Just having looked at all of this. Um, uh, Rocket Raccoon stuff. This is one where we're already, you know, s- suspending belief so far that I don't understand why they couldn't have given him a more comic accurate costume. 
you know, I, I understand, you know, there's lots of things that you kind of think, okay, I can kind of see maybe where, yeah, they would feel like that would be too over the top to put them in spandex or etc. But when you look at all these toys, I'm thinking about things like the Kotobukiya, um Rocket Raccoon and Groot um, artifacts, which is so cool, yeah. but it's so obviously movie, and you kind of think, you know, I just don't understand... That that's just changing things because it should be changed. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but it's it's a, a credit to Marvel to be able to pimp this the way they have. Oh yeah, a character like Rocket, um, who was a nobody character for years, and turn him into you know this money making phenomenon who's yeah. going to be in a movie. It's like <laughs> fucking DC. What the hell are you doing? Like, yeah, it's just it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was just my little, that was my little complaint when I was looking at this, but it is flocked. I, again, I, I don't know what the selling point of that is, mm, but mm. there you go. Yeah, well, that's right. So. <laughs> They're not short of ideas, that's for sure. But I mean, you know, if you, if you look at Rocket in his earliest appearances, he looks nothing like the, the way he does now. If you no, no, back no. in, I think it was um, Hulk. To seventy one, I think it is, with um, you know, Hulk on the front, sort of going, huh? And there's this, you know, rocket raccoon dude. Um, he looks nothing like he does now. <laughs> oh well, that's fun anyway. You know, hmm. I'm I'm sure that uh, people are going to love him. So there you go. Um, something a bit more mainstream. DC collectibles. Deathstroke bust. This is New 52. This is a Joe Mena sculpt and uh, extremely good looking. I'm, I'm, I'm not um, nuts about the New 52 Deathstroke. Um, oh, it's pretty cool, actually. I, look, I, I think it's. Uh, I, I would never substitute this for the original costume. I still think the original costume is one of the, the, the best costumes ever. Um, you know, and how they managed to get the blue and orange to work is yeah, yeah. is a credit to them. Um, but, you know, if there's one guy who could have probably done with a bit of an update, yeah. um, you know, wearing bright orange Speedos over your, you know, your blue chain mail does look a bit weird. Um, but, you know, I'd still happily have the, the old Deathstroke back. But, uh, yeah, look, I think this is a, a gorgeous sculpt of a, of a costume I can kind of, you know, live without basically yeah i mean I, you know one nice thing here is that a um comic based deathstroke has not been done as a statue or bust before so he's got a obviously he's had you know action figures and different versions um there's a, a there's some video game related stuff but this is the most high end deathstroke collectible comic base that's been done so you know I'll, I'll certainly be getting it from that perspective um and it, it is a it's got the standard format bust base now which i've said before i don't really like but i i don't find it distracting it in the way i do in some pieces because this is just so nice looking mm-hmm. although the it's it's kind of funny you know, when DC Collectibles promoted it, you know, they say, not only is Deathstroke getting a new ongoing comic series, but this January we'll, we'll release this all-new bus designed by Jim Lee. You're like, oh, great, because, you know, Jim Lee is such an iconic Deathstroke artist. 
They yeah, do that a lot, don't they? They put his name in front of a few things. Uh, I think but, they did it to Wonder Woman when it was released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's because yeah. I don't know what it is about some people just, you know, go nuts about him. And you know, he's he's not in my he's not in my top 20 artists, personally. Like, I, he's not a bad artist. I think he's good. But I, he doesn't have that kind of magic like, <gasps> it's Jim Lee um, for me. Yeah, look, I think my Deathstroke Salvation will come through Sideshow in a premium format statue. Oh, my gosh. That is so exciting. <laughs> Just thinking about the possibility. Oh, the pack-ins. <laughs> yes. Now, speaking of Sideshow premium format, the last Shut thing... Shut up that- and take my money. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing that we're talking about here is we just have the preview at this point of uh, Emma Frost Hellfire Club premium format figure. So this is interesting. Uh, I have to say that the uh, the um, <laughs> are you? Would you like one of these, Ben? Yeah. <laughs> the previous Emma Frost uh, premium format, which is in her X Men costume, I think is probably one of the worst sideshow premium format pieces it's it's really cartoony and horrible um so i i mean i'm not this isn't something that i'd be after um but if i was still collecting the ex ladies i'd be the only bummer i'd have about this is that i I, you know the the x-men costume version so desperately needs an update um but this it looks gorgeous yeah, I'm trying to work out just how much of it is actually going to be material. It clearly looks like her, um, what do you call the, the cloak bit? Bodice. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, it looks like yeah. it's actually, no, no, an actual cloak bit hanging off the back. Oh, yeah. Like her cape looks like it's, um, you know, it's sort of feathered material, but mm. whether the, um, you know, the, the bustier, the corset type thing will, will feature sort of leather, the kind of, the, I can't work out whether it's sculpted or whether it's actual, um, you know, real material over the top. But, yeah, look, I, I think this one is very deserving. But, you know, you you just mentioned, Scott, that, um, you know, the previous Eberfrost sideshow um, premium format figure. Uh, so this is her second one, and she's had the Marquette as well. And it's like, um, um, any chance we can get that classic Captain America, you know, update anytime yeah. soon? <laughs> Hello. You know, she, she's so much more iconic than Steve Rogers. So. After the Hellfire Club. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. Look, this is a this is a lock in for me. So yeah, I mean, I, she's just absolutely beautiful. <laughs> so there you go. That is something to look forward to, and the full reveal will be made at San Diego. Yeah, fair enough. Then. And that is the news. And that was the news. Well, all that wraps up the articulated news, and uh, we'll be right back with the next instalment of the AFB podcast game. Name that. Hey there, everybody. I'm back once again. It's John with another installment of everybody's favorite podcast game, Name That. When last we left, we heard this, well, not so thrilling sound. Hands up. Your action figure collection with talking and, electronic- and um well 
maybe the delivery on that voice toy isn't quite the best. And Hellbot even said in the forum it was kind of flat, but he did manage to pick out that this was a Robot Cop toy, not the Kenner ones. This was a different toy line, and that was a TV ad for it. Um, albeit one that I probably wouldn't have made me want to rush out and go buy those toys, but I digress. Anyway, if you had trouble with that one, maybe we should play a new sound and maybe do that right here. As we mow down evil with Rebel Airbike, rock the universe in the and space surf on our air sled. It'll be a blast. So join. And one more time. As we mow down evil with Rebel Airbike, rock the universe in the and space All right, gang. By now, you know the way this is played. You come over to the forum, you sign up, you make a guess. It's that simple. You get the guess right, you get forum points. You don't get the rest guess right, well, sometimes you get forum points anyway. And if you get enough forum points altogether, um, you know, maybe, maybe, just maybe, you could get Scott's autograph. I'm not too sure about that, but there's been rumors and inklings that that might happen eventually. So, you know, keep your fingers crossed. Anyway, if the audio version is just too perplexing, come on over to tvandfilmtoys.com on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and you can play the picture version. Same idea, except we play it with pictures, and we look at an accessory. Sometimes we look at a figure that is just shown as a shadow. Um, it's a lot of fun. Come on over and play. Um, if not, come back here next time to hear the answer to this one, and, you know, maybe some other tantalizing news, like maybe if you're one of those people that got it right. So, got right back soon. And we'll talk to you guys later. This is Engineer Nerd saying, peace out. From some time in the not-too-distant future, it's talking an electronic robocop. Hands up. your action figure collection with talking an electronic robocop in three action pack sizes heat unbeatable well we have a trio of toys of the week in this episode and ben is the first cab off the rank so over to you ben for your review Thank you very much, Scotty. Um, this uh, Toy of the Week, I'm going to be talking about the new Funko Legacy Game of Thrones Jon Snow figure. Now, this is interesting for a couple of reasons, because Funko are definitely known for their pop vinyls. They have decided to get into the six-inch scale action figure market. Um, there was little to no pimping uh, of, of these figures before they came out. I don't remember seeing much in the way of solicitation, uh, of, of sort of promotion or anything like that, early solicitation information. They literally just announced them and within weeks they were on shelves. Now, um, this is Jon Snow from the Game of Thrones TV series. Um, now, you know, if you watch the show, then you'll know who he is. If you don't watch the show, uh, you'll know that in season one, he was really fucking annoying. Um, <laughs> and by season four, you're actually rooting for this guy and he's uh, uh, among 
many people's favourite characters. So um, this figure came out in, I think, about March 2014, and you're wondering why I picked it up in uh, July. And that's because there were some big, big, big quality control issues early on with these figures. Um, People were having... uh, Figures, you know, that just broke literally straight out of the packet. They'd have a stuck joint, so they'd move an arm and it would snap off at the elbow. Um, they'd move a, a foot and it'd break off at the ankle, etc. People had sword scabbards breaking away from the belts, um, and so Funko were really good, and and people were actually able to um, take their figures back to their place of purchase and and uh, get refunds and and that sort of thing. And Funko did a, a complete turnaround and did a uh, what do you, like a, a second release basically saying mm. that they had fixed all the problems so um, I waited and uh, I picked him up and I have to say so far I have experienced none of the the quality control issues that have been talked about in the past um, all my joints are quite good they move quite well um, I didn't have to sort of you know do any boiling water or anything like that um, so yeah that's one of the reasons that I held off um, Moving on to the actual figure itself, um, Jon Snow's not a big guy. Uh, Kit Harrington, the actor that, that portrays Jon, um, is not big. He's only about five foot eight. And um, so this figure clocks in at a, well, he's probably just a, a fraction under 15 centimetres at about 5.9 inches. So um, in terms of scaling, he's actually not bad. It looks like they, they've thought about it. And uh, I haven't picked up the hound figure to compare, but um, yeah, he, he's definitely a little on the shortish side, which is uh, as he should be. Now, these, um, they retail for around 20 US dollars. If you hunt around, you can probably find them a bit cheaper. Um, in terms of the packaging, um, yeah, look, uh, this is the sort of packaging that we're starting to see quite a lot of. Um, really, the first thing that I thought of when I looked at it was that um, it reminds me of the Star Wars Black Yeah, series. definitely. Yep. Mm. You've, you've got that boxed window thing where um, one side is, is, is clear and you can see the figure from the side, obviously clear in the front, and then one side is actually... Um, sort of detailed with, you know, the name of the TV show and that sort of thing. Figure sits in a plastic tray inside with a couple of twisties, which, you know, are fairly easy to take care of. The accessories are, uh, are apparent in the window. Um, fairly fairly light on in terms of detailing, but I guess you don't need a lot. You've got the name of the show uh, there. Um, the bottom left corner, you've got the, the house sigil and the name of the character. Um, the figures are numbered. There's six in the first wave, so you've got sort of the, the numbers quite prominent. What is actually pretty cool is when you actually turn the box side on, um, you've got sort of the that um, the detailing that I just mentioned, the name of the show, the name of the figure, um, the Funko brand, and it kind of almost looks like the spine of a book. So, you, you know, if you didn't have a lot of space and, you know, you just wanted to keep them in the, the package just for, for convenience, you could actually sort of stack them all sideways, and I think they'd actually look quite good next to each other. Um, there's uh, On the back of the box, you've actually got a picture of Jon Snow, um, which is interesting because the, the costume he's wearing on the back of the box isn't actually the one that he's... Um, being portrayed in as the action figure, but uh, it mentions the other figures in the series as well. So, yep, all in all, um, pretty easy going. It's collector-friendly. Um, you know, I was pretty happy with that. Um, all right, moving on. 
In terms of um, sculpting, look, this is actually pretty good. Um, I watched the show with um, with Mrs. Fish Milkshake, and uh, I showed her the figure, and she immediately knew that it was Jon Snow, so that's a credit to the sculptors. Um, one little uh, tidbit of information is um, on the back of the box, it actually says that the figure is powered by gentle giants. So I think Funko have done a bit of um, subletting in terms of the sculpting. Um, and... I think because we've been spoiled by uh, hot toys and the like in terms of that phenomenal sculpting, I think we're often a bit too harsh uh, when it comes to sort of a six-inch, $20 figure. Um, But, you know, when you look at Jon Snow, he's got that, how would you describe his hair, Justin? He's got that sort of... You know that the the long wavy curly hair, yeah, grungy, um, dirty. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he looks like like Nirvana's number one fan, mm. um, and that's something that's not particularly easy to capture. But they really have done a great job here. And what's interesting with the hair is it's actually rubber, so um, it's it's a separate rubber sculpted piece that's actually then glued onto the head. So look, I I have no problems with the likeness. I know a few people um, have complained that the likeness is not that good, and when I look at their their version of the figure, I sort of look at it and go, well, that's not actually the same as mine. So I don't know whether Funko have tweaked it between releases or I just happen to be lucky. Um, but I'm actually quite happy, and, and to me, it just looks like Jon Snow. So um, that's actually pretty good. Now, in terms of the rest of the figure, it, it pretty much is screen accurate. You know, you've got um, you know, he's a member of the Night's Watch, so he's dressed all in black. Um, he's got his traditional, you know, pants, boots, you know, the um, the tunic thing happening, the belt. The cloak, all that sort of stuff, uh, looks exactly as it does in the TV show. Um, what's quite interesting is they've really gone to town with the cloak and um, they've got the, that sort of full drapery happening, so it looks quite sort of wavy and, you know, as if it's flowing behind him. They've got that sort of woolen, the, you know, the woolen part to the cloak is all done quite well. Um, plenty of little sort of buckles and, and things like that. I mean, there's not a huge amount to work with, but what they've done here, I think, uh, is quite good. Um, something to note is, you know, he's always got that that sort of um, five-day growth. And while it's, um, you know, it's obviously detailed with a bit of dry brushing, when you actually look closely at it, you can see that they have actually sculpted the beard as part of the head sculpt and then sort of touched it up with the, the paint later. So it's not just sort of black paint. It is actually sculpted onto his cheeks and chin, etc. So that's quite, um, quite good. Um, the... Um, the good old, uh, <coughs> pardon me, sword, which I'll talk about later, Longclaw, I sort of thought didn't have much in the way of detailing in, in sort of the pommel, the lion head um, pommel. But when you actually look at it in the show, it's not particularly detailed in the show either. So, you know, I think they um, managed to replicate that quite well. Um, in terms of paint, well, you know, it's not a, a whole lot you can do here. I mean, the guy is, you know, dressed in black, so they've obviously cast the figure in black plastic. Um, but then they've obviously done the, the touch-ups that are necessary, so they've done the silver on the buckles. Um, obviously, the head sculpt is painted in a flesh tone, which is actually not too bad. Um, I've heard people talk about, you know, the Marty Feldman look with, you know, the googly eyes happening. Um, mine are spot on. Uh, I don't have any wandering eyes at all. The eyebrows are, are well applied. Um, same with sort of that that's pinkish to the, the lips as well. The only other real standout of the colour is um, is the sort of the, the golden sort of bronzy colour on the scabbard, um, which, you know, it's actually done quite well. Probably my biggest disappointment in terms of painting is they've added a um, sort of a touches of white all over the figure to indicate, you know, he's got snow on his... Um, on his person, so on the cloak and the boots and um, things like that. But 
while it's nice and, and it does give sort of the effect of snow, um, it's not particularly well done. You know, to anyone who customises action figures, you can kind of look at it and just see that they've just, you know, literally draped a dry brush um, over it. And uh, I'd say it's done in, in quite a hurry and, you know, Gertie's done her best, but it's it's really not sort of winning me over in terms of um, effectiveness. But, but also because snow doesn't generally sit on on someone like that unless it's on their shoulders or, or on their boots um once it sort of lands on your clothes it starts to melt etc but um yeah look that's that's neither here nor there the other thing is the little silver touches on all the buckles um the sculpting there isn't quite detailed and so when they've applied the silver paint um they haven't been overly accurate it's kind of just a, a bit of a, a dot here and there and some of the the dots aren't consistent with each other, so you have slightly different sizes, etc. But look, you know, for a, a $20 figure, um, it's it's not that bad. Um, in terms of articulation, uh, I think I counted around 28 points of articulation. So all your usual things are there. You've got the ball-jointed neck. Um, you've actually got an ab crunch, which I think is quite well done. It's one of those... Um, ones that goes all the way around the body as opposed to something like you'd find in a DC Universe Classics with that that sort of ab crunch. Um, they've worked it in well with his tunic, so it's it's nicely sort of disguised. It is obvious, but it's not, um, not blatant. Um, usual sort of um, pin and disc um, shoulders. He has some... Um, uh, same goes for the elbows. What's actually quite interesting, though, with the wrists is he has the pin and disc um, in the wrists, so you can rotate the wrists uh, left and right. But what's interesting is the disc also allows you to rotate the hands up and down. So if he's holding his sword out in front of him, you can actually push the hand out so that the tip of the sword continues to go down and start to point towards the ground. And that's really, really handy for getting him into some of those sort of groovy sword fighting poses. Um, and, and you don't see that on a lot of figures, so I was quite impressed. Uh, one thing I thought was um, that, that always catches me by surprise when I see this on figures, but he actually has ball-jointed hips. So you've effectively just got this T-bar, so it's a horizontal bar that just sticks out with a ball on the end of it, and then the um, the leg just sort of clicks onto it because it's got a, um, a hole. Um, and uh, it gets a, a good range of motion, but it's just unusual to see that. Uh, Double-jointed knees um, help out, and, of course, um, my all-time favourite, and that is the ankle rocker. So we've got the usual pin and disc in the um, the ankles that allow for that up and down and sideways movement, but the ankle rockers also just give you that um, that extra bonus for, for when it comes to standing and flat-footed. Of course, the weight of the rubber, um, the cloak is actually rubber, and, of course, that adds considerable weight to the figure, so getting them to stand can often be quite difficult. If you've got certain Marvel Legends and DC Universe Classics, you'll know how hard that is, but um, this uh, the, the extra ankle rockers give you that um, that that ability to stand him just that little bit better so i did actually get him to stand despite the the weight of the cloak um so posability look you know there's obviously some restrictions in the shoulders because of the way the cloak is attached and also a little bit in the hips um the bottom of his tunic is actually rubber so that makes it sort of easy to move around and i actually think that the range of movement this guy gets considering the restriction of the the cloak and the tunic is actually quite good um so they've done probably the best that they can you know based on the the styling of the figure um in terms of accessories, you don't get a lot. You basically get his sword Iron Claw, and uh, Iron Claw, you say? What's so good about Iron Claw? Of course, Iron Claw is Valerian Steel. Valerian Steel, you say? Anyway, I can't even remember. Who did he get it from, Justin? He got it when he, he saved that guy from a white... White, um, uh, <sighs> um, 
back in season one. Yeah. I yeah. can't remember either, sorry. <laughs> yes. Anyway, Valerian steel is incredibly rare and, you know, John has this fancy sword which he whacks people with. So, um, so yeah, look, overall, um, I'm actually quite pleased with this figure. A little bit of um, disappointment in terms of the, the detailing on the buckles and some of that paintwork. Um, but for a first go from Funko, uh, I'm actually pretty impressed and I'm going to give this guy... Eight and a half out of ten dollies. Cool. Yeah. I think it's a good point that you made about our expectations of likenesses and you know sculpting and being realistic about what can be done at this scale for this price point. And uh, I've I've seen these in person, and I think they're very good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I think. One of the things, um, look, I, I also, one thing I have to do is, is throw out a, a shout-out to um, Penny's Paper Shop in, in Canberra, um, the city I live. It's my local news agent um, who sell magazines, newspapers and that, but they've also got quite a big range of pop culture. Um, they did actually provide this figure to me if, um, so I could review it. Ooh. So I said I'd do a shout-out to them. Um, I don't think I would order any of these figures online um i had a look through three or four john snows before i found one that i was really happy with i think it's one of those ones where just a little bit of paint here and there can really change the effect and i think once you get into some of the figures um like Tyrion in particular um you know peter dinklage is a is a you know has a particular type of visage about him and so um in terms of that sculpting i I think i'd want to pick my figure personally so that's just me and you know your mileage may vary (laughs) fair enough yeah Well, thank you very much for that, Ben. Uh, That's the first of our three Toys of the Week for this episode, and we are going to take a break from those now to come back and talk about the new items that we added to our collection this week. Big Mac to my house. I'll bring my guys. You have yours. I've got Junkyard Dog. There's World Wrestling Federation superstars. I've got Brutus Beefcake. Here's Tori and Steel. I've got Great Hammer Valentine. Ricky the Dragon Steel. They're so real. And Rowdy Rock Piper. Can you tell the difference? Wrestling superstars. They're for real. Each sold separately from LJN. Yeah. Well, we're all here because we collect. And so Feeding the Addiction is where we take the time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders we've made. And Justin, what acquisitions or pre-orders have you made? I made some acquisitions. and It was via eBay. And I got my hands on some WWE Deluxe Aggression figures for custom fodders. Fodder, oh, rather. Good. I'm waiting for uh, the announcement at SBCC to see if we get screwed or we get looked after. <laughs> so all the characters I have in mind are in a in a box waiting to be made. And I added Kane, uh, I think his name's Seamus, the redhead yeah, yeah. guy, Triple H and John Cena. So the Deluxe Aggression figures have the extra detail. They also have the ab crunch, which comes in quite handy, and the height. They're basically, I guess they're laser-printed figures um, for the face and the rest of it, but one thing mm-hmm. they do do well is the scale. In the yep. um, And Kane and uh, Triple H are bigger than uh, John Cena, so Kane with the bold head is, is going to be a very good... Uh, very good base for um, what's his name? 
radioactive man, depending mm, on whether we mm. get it or not. So mm. that's why I had a boring sort of week this week. Didn't pick up too much. <laughs> no, I think it's great. I think those Mattel wrestling figures are really, really good. I mean, if you can pick them up cheap, um, mm. you know, I've I've picked up a couple of Batistas. And, yes. and used, um, you know, use them for bits and pieces as well. And, you know, interestingly, some of the, the builds on those figures are actually bigger than the DC Universe Classics, uh, are. figures. So, you know, if you want to get some of those big muscly dudes happening, then, you know, it's no point even just getting like a, a Martian Manhunter from DC Universe Classics because some of the Mattel wrestlers are actually bigger. Um, 100%. so yeah, yeah, some, some great fodder. Good stuff. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. Very good. What about you, Mr. Scotty? I got some DC collectibles uh, things this week, and unfortunately, um, I'm pretty sure that Gertie had a hand in them. <laughs> um, I was, after chatting to Nicola Scott about her DC collectible stuff, I was really interested to check out the Earth 2 figures, and the paint on them is just horrendous. Really? Uh, it's so, like, it's so bad. I, I saw them in three different shops yesterday and I managed to find one, uh, Earth 2 Wonder Woman that would work for me. Um, the Green Lanterns all have got a really odd brownie wash over the skin tones so they just look terrible um the 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 flash is not great batman's not great so um i definitely wouldn't be ordering them online i would be hunting down passable ones i saw a green lantern one by the end that almost worked for me but by that stage i was so put off that i thought oh i'm just i can't be bothered to pay full price for these because i have a feeling that they're going to be around unfortunately uh, so that's a real shame because the design you know the uh, i love nicola's work the figures themselves are great but they've really been let down in the paint department um and I, i've read that feedback from a number of other people as well um i also got the uh ed mcginnis version of the man of steel statue series which i am really enjoying uh, but that actually has a little bit of paint issue as well just on the uh, again but a bit of a wash i think on the um the flesh tone different from green lantern um, i got this from all-star comics and they actually when it came in a couple of weeks ago they sent me a text with a picture saying this paint looks a little bit funky mm. you tell us if you have a look around and find that it is um Work, like that they're not all like this we'll send it back um and but i did have a look around and they all seem the same um and actually in person it didn't look as bad as the photo when i saw the photo i was like ooh, no way um but uh yeah i'll do i'll do some photos of that and put them up on the site just you know out of interest because it's still it's it's great sculpt wise um but dc collectibles with their action figures has had a really good run in terms of quality control and uh so i can only just think that with the earth 2 stuff it's just unfortunately a bad factory um which you know is a bit of the luck of the draw i guess um so but yeah that's a bit of a shame and then I also, uh, through an eBay seller, because I didn't subscribe to Club Eternia this year, um, got the two figures that I did want from this year, which was Too Bad and Mantena. And um, <laughs> they are very cool. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So that was my haul. Cool. What about you, Ben? I picked up the Funko Legacy Game of Thrones Jon Snow figure. Whoa, no way. 
Yeah, I did. Yeah, I'll talk about it sometime. Okay. <laughs> uh, in addition to that, um, I was at Supernova a couple of weeks ago, and um, I had the very great pleasure of talking to uh, Mr. Alan Davis. Oh, please tell me he was nice. He was fantastic. Oh, I'm so glad. Um, Alan Davis is, of course, the man best known uh, for Excalibur, uh, yep. for Marvel Comics, amongst other things, and he has been around for um, many years doing all sorts of things. Um, does a fantastic Captain Britain, uh, amongst other things. And um, one thing that was quite interesting is um, I got Alan to sign my Uncanny X-Men 213. Um, now... That is one of my all-time favourite um, comic covers. Um, it's the one with that very close-up of um, uh, Wolverine and Sabretooth going at it. Hmm. And um, I was quite the um, the X-Men fan back in those days, and I remember seeing it on the shelf and just being just so excited. I just thought, you know, wow, what is wow. This? Yeah. this dude is just going at it with Wolverine and he's got claws. I just, you know... And, you know, we'd seen uh, a sneak peek of, Wolf, of Sabretooth from the issue before that in, in number 212. Um, and so I just couldn't wait to get home and read it. And um, so, um, yeah, I got Alan to actually sign it. And what's really cool is um, I actually had writer Chris Claremont sign the same, very same issue back in 1992. So I had writer and artist sign the comic uh, 22 years apart. That is Um, pretty awesome. Yeah, I I was actually worried that that I just handed it to Alan and he just went ahead and signed it, and I thought he was just about to write over the top Claremont's signature. So I I sort of went, "Oh, you can see that Chris has signed it." He's like, "Oh, so he has," and and he sort of wrote on it. But he he was very, you know, he's nice. And if you didn't know, Alan is actually English. Yeah, and so he's got a very polite English accent. And I, yeah, one of my favorite artists. Yeah, really, really nice guy. And he was there with his wife, so and she pleased. was she was equally chatty. Like she she was quite happily chatting away. And so, of course, you know, I said, "Are you doing sketches? Are you doing commissions?" And he said, "Oh, I'll do your head sketch if you want." It's like, well, hang on, can I can I can I go away and think about it? Uh, uh, that's right. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> I said that'd be fantastic. And, and one thing I'm always conscious of, I know that fandom can be a real. Um, you know, just, ugh, you know, fandom can be pretty ugly at times. Uh, and that is when, you know, people request um, artists to draw people they have no familiar, uh, mm. familiar familiarity with. Um, but, you know, fortunately, Alan's done some work on the Avengers, and so I said, you know, would you draw, um, do, do a head sketch of Thor? And, of course, he just looked at me and said, oh, it's your head sketch, I'll do whatever you like. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it's like, yeah, quite chatty. So, um, yeah, so I chatted to him, and he did a, um, a head sketch of Thor for me which uh, is fantastic. And then while I was chatting to him, um, he had a small pile of original art. And I thought, oh, this is why Alan Davis' original art is so hard to come by, because he doesn't actually sell it through a dealer. He actually sells it himself at conventions. Wow. And that's why if you do an eBay search for Alan Davis' original artwork, very, very little comes up, because he just does not sell it. He he will happily just sell it page by page to, to anyone who's willing. And so I had a look through, and just so happens that he had a piece from X-Men 93, which just happened to feature my girl Rogue in every single panel. <laughs> and so um, we negotiated a price and uh, I picked that up. That's awesome. Cool. So, yeah, and, he, and it was funny because he, um, you know, he's such a nice guy and I, I gave his wife the money and he said, oh, do you want me to sign it? And he started, he actually signed his name first and I said, I oh, could just sign it to Ben. 
And he, he said, oh, are you sure? You'll, you'll never be able to, you know, sell it on eBay. And I went, ah, unless a potential buyer out there is named Ben. And he went, oh, good point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, funny. So, yes, he, he was fantastic. So very, very pleased. Very good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, if no one has any other items to report, it's time to fire up another Toy of the Week. X-Men Origins Wolverine. It's all about the claws. Now the unstoppable power of Wolverine could be in your hands. With Clawsome Wolverine action figures, the bad guys are tough, but the claw-popping superhero Wolverine is the toughest there is. X-Men Origins Wolverine action figures and vehicles. Well, now we continue on with our Toys of the Week, and our second Toy of the Week for this episode is Justin. So over to you. Okay, I am going to talk about Spider-Man Classics, the Scorpion Sting Venom, and I believe this is the fourth incarnation of the Scorpion, who was Mac Gargan. I'm going to hand it over to Ben to see if that <laughs> is right. <laughs> and what yeah. issue he first appeared, I was going to say, please. we expect first appearance issue number. Thank you. Uh, look, I, I don't actually know when <gasps> this happens. What? I just I remember seeing this new Venom getting around and someone went, oh, yeah, that's Matt Gargan, the Scorpion. And I went, what? What, what do you mean that's the Scorpion? Like, who's the Scorpion then? And they went, oh, you know, that chick. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, just a little bit of story on this one. It, it is an older release. It's from 2008. I picked it up because there is a infamous or famous eBay seller uh, from China that we all know who may <laughs> or not have a, f- a few aliases on eBay. <laughs> uh, and I picked it up because I had, a, had it in mind for a custom base again. And when I got it in my hands, I thought, this is a really good figure. So I... Got another one to replace the Venom I had from the Sinister Six mm. box set. Mm. So now I have two, and there's slight variations on both of them, which I will talk about now. Okay. So as I go into the review, obviously the company is Hasbro, and having said that, this is a mould that was reused. This Venom originally was released in part of the original Spider-Man Classics line that came before, just before the outbreak of Marvel Legends but it's not exactly similar. The head sculpt is all new and the muscle culture has veins this time around and the hands are also different. Mm. So that's the two differences between them. Now, like I mentioned, the year of release was 2008, but I just picked mine up recently from eBay, so it's a, a new purchase for me. I did see these on the pegs when they initially came out, but I thought the tail edition was a bit ridiculous and that's why I passed upon them, where I could have got them retail, you know, what, six years ago. Yeah. I went the hard route to get it. <laughs> Having said that, the figure is in the six-inch scale, and it reminds me of early release Marvel Legends. It's got that heaviness about it. Mm. It is one, hack of, one heck of a lot of plastic involved in this figure. Now, the, I paid $12 for it, but I guess when it was originally released, it would have been around the $15 mark. Around that time, I guess that was the 2008 price. And when it did come out, it was available at retail in Australia. So isn't that amazing? Get out. Going back in a time machine, yeah. I remember seeing a big W and passing on it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As for the packaging, I received mine loose. However, a few research on this thing called Google on the internets, I was able to see that it came in the updated Spider-Man Classics 
packaging, which was a, a bold sort of yellow on a, on a ready base. And it was just the blister type packaging. I mean, it's not very uh, collector friendly, as we all know. Once you open a blister, it's pretty hard to get it back in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so now I'll go into the sculpting for this. What, what really sells this figure is the head sculpt. It's a few artists draw Venom different, and they, the ones I like with it, the ones he has the monstrous teeth and the massive tongue, which this figure has in spades. <laughs> the teeth are almost like a shark. They have the double sort of row in, in, in spots, and the tongue reaches down basically to where his belly button would be, which come in handy if you feel like to taste the lint, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what sells on this figure. It, it looks like... Now, you'll be able to help me again, Ben. Was it Spider-Man 300 where Venom made his first appearance or his reappearance? Uh, yeah, 300 Venom, yeah, The yeah. reappearance where he's over the top of Spidey and he says something like Venom's back or something like that from the cover. Yeah, he actually um, appeared in two, was it 299. I think he appears on the last page when um, right. Mary, Mary Jane thinks it's Spider-Man coming home. Mm. So she's chatting as he comes in the window, but it's actually uh, Venom. So that, that Venom standing over Spider-Man... Or leaning over Spider-Man is, it just looks like it's lifted from that minus the tongue. So <laughs> artists took liberty later on, I guess, as any artist would want to and added the massive tongue and the shark's row teeth. Now the painting on this is, you know, it's okay. It's not perfect, but for $11.99 from a seller from China on eBay, I'd expect, expect not to be paying for, for perfection. So the line work on the venom symbol and the spider symbol was a bit, uh, all over the place in certain areas. There's a bit of bleed, but it's not too bad overall. It's passable. Now, like I mentioned, I picked up two versions. So one I have is basically all black and the other version I have has a purple hue over it in certain areas. I've decided to keep the all black one and use the other one for a custom. Sure. So that's just a little point of difference. I remember when they first came out as well from that a lot of them were purple and there was just like no consistency to what you're actually going to get from that side as well now articulation he has 15 points altogether and he has double knee waist he has that weird ab crunch that is sort of like a inverted v-shape so Mm. it allows for a great range of movement but it's quite noticeable if you want to put him in extended poses now, speaking about posability, he is very good to pose in sort of like a menacing, almost Spider-Man-esque pose if he was swinging sort of thing. Um, that's how I've got him posed on the shelf. He's, he's, he's pretty good for that. Now, the accessories, the only real accessory is the scorpion tail, which we mentioned before, and because it has no bearing on, on me or it's not my real venom that I like, the hole comes in handy for one of those old-style plastic Marvel Legends uh, what would you call them, display stands, and it fits perfectly into the hole in the back. So that's how it's posed on the shelf, and that's that's a sort of bonus. But having said that, I remember when the Marvel Legends, the uh, sorry, sorry, Spider-Man Classics original one came out, he had some sort of backpack shooting sort of thing. Mm. So I guess they just sculpted the, the um, joint for the scorpion tail to fit exactly in there. So it's a whole sort of reuse to that section as well. Now... Comes down to the rating. I give this guy a, a eight, eight out of ten. The only thing on this, I can really say that there's no shoulder to bicep joint, so that part to the elbow is one solid piece. 
and also the paint work. But like I said before, I couldn't expect too much from from where from whence I bought it from. Yeah. <laughs> so having said all that, it's a great figure and to replace my my Venom from the um, Sinister Six box set. And yeah, cool. if you're so inclined, they're going for about eleven bucks now on eBay. So have a look out. I thoroughly recommend it. Mm, very nice. Yeah, very Actually, good. one quick question: Is the scorpion tail removable? Yes, yes. It's um, it's actually hard to get back in. So if you if you pull it out, it came in two separate pieces, and I try I can't have it in there um solidly, so it sort of swivels around the back. Mm, mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. There you go. I would not have known that this actually had a a comic um reference. Because I certainly did not know that Venom was ever Scorpion or whatever you just said. Oh, it's mm. all confusing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, the, the Spider-Man villains went through a, a phase over a period of about three or four years where writers decided to basically update every single villain. So, you know, there was a new Scorpion who was female. They um, There was a, a new Vulture who was... Um, you know, a, a younger person. Um, the rhino got replaced with an updated version. I just, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't read Spider-Man for the same reason you don't read Spider-Man, of what they did, <laughs> what they did to Spidey mm. when they took Mary Jane away. That's, that was a terrible, terrible decision. My book. Mm, excellent. All right, very good. Well, coming up next, it's time to award another red card to something or someone in the toy universe. What is this, Bizarro World? Well, Red Carded is that time in the podcast where we maybe get a bit angry or just complain a lot, or sometimes we just shake our head in bemusement at something that has happened in the toy world. And I think that might be where this red card is headed, but I will hand over to Ben for us to find out. Thank you, Scotty. Um, yeah, I said earlier uh, in, in the intros or whenever it was that um, most of the San Diego Comic-Con exclusives are pretty ordinary, um, and, you know, you really have to do look through the, a very long list to find something that's even um, remotely interesting, um, which I was doing when I came across a little gem from Mezco. Um, now, don't get me wrong, Mezco have done some fantastic, Fantastic products in the past, um, some Hellboy uh, action figures, you know, things like that, which are just brilliant. Um, but one of their, their, you know, it should be considered a, a national shame, um, is their <laughs> Breaking Bad Walter White figure. Now, you'll notice I said Breaking Bad Walter White figure. Um, I didn't say Breaking Bad Walter White action figure. Um, that's because this figure has no articulation whatsoever. Um, this is a staction of Walter White. Um, it features Walter in just his uh, civilian clothing. Um, he's got his little sort of pork pie hat thing that he wears, his glasses and a bag. Now, you know, we bag this figure out in the past because there's things like, you know, he's got a gun in his hand that's actually sculpted into his hand. Um, so, you know, it's not even removable. Um, there's obviously no articulation. But the reason I am red carding Mezco this week is this sculpt of this particular figure has been around for a number of years now and Mezco just continue 
to pimp this figure and all they do is they just redo the 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 deco um you know they change the color of the pants they change the color of the jacket they slap a uh you know comic uh well a you know a convention exclusive badge on it and they actually have the hide to ask 30 bucks <laughs> for this thing so i'm sitting there wondering how many people are going oh yeah you know i missed out on those previous you know six walter whites you know the one where he was in his you know his khaki pants and then the one where he was in his camel pants and the one where he was in his you know latte blazer but oh thank god you know i finally got a chance to get a walter white at you know the san diego comic con 2014 um and it's in a color variation that i want uh man they're just they just won't let this thing go. <laughs> I mean, it, it should have died a death a couple of years ago. Yeah. Well, certainly for the um, amount of reuse it's had, you, you think that, and the amount of money that they've obviously made off it, you really think they could have actually put some articulation in there. Yeah, that's right. Um, or, or just moved on and gone, you know what, Breaking Bad, everyone raves about it. Everybody loves the show. Um, we've got the license. Let's actually put some money in. Yeah. Let's let's bring out an actual waves of action figures. Let's get, you know, all, all those characters in there that you want to see. Um, but no, we still get this piece of crap. We still get, the, you know, the one in the, the hazmat suit. Ugh, you know, 30 bucks. Really? For a six-inch figure that doesn't move, that's been, you know, the, the redecoed seven times or whatever it is. Honestly, Mezco, give it a rest. <laughs> How about reaching some Hellboy figures? <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> yeah, true. True is It's so, very odd. Yes. So, Mezco, you're getting our red card of the week. Fair enough. Well, thank you very much for that, Ben. And we will come right back in a moment with our final toy of the week for this episode. The Incredible Hulk meets Spider-Man. Each figure a foot tall and fully posable. All you need is a piece of string and here comes Spider-Man. Avalanche! This is a job for the Hulk. The Incredible Hulk with a face that's mean. Lots of muscle and skin that's green. Handsome. The Incredible Hulk and Spider-Man from the Superhero Collection, each sold separately by Mego. Well, in our final and, and certainly not least toy of the week, Scotty is going to give us a look at a statue. So over to you, Scotty. No worries. So this is the only piece that I'm planning on picking up uh, from the Kotobukiya uh, Marvel Artifacts line. I'm collecting the... DC line, and these are the one-tenths scale uh, vinyl pieces, um, but the uh, Marvel line is Marvel Now. It's all the the modern stuff, and with a, a Bowen collection of a decent size, I don't feel I really need to go into this as well. But I am a bit of a Hulk fan, and I uh, had always planned on picking up the Hulk from this line because I really like the look of him in preview, and I finally managed to collect him the other day. He's been out for a little while, um, but I missed the first go. Kotobukiya products are hard to get here in Australia. Uh, they're often hard to order, etc. so you kind of have to um, just wait until you see them around. But the the kind people at Classic Comics in Melbourne actually ordered this in for me. They had it for a really good price, but they uh, they were all spoken for when I went in. And so they ordered it for me, and I went and picked it up this week. 
So the first thing that um, I noticed packaging-wise is that unlike the DC Artifacts 110 scale line, these don't have a window box. It's a fully uh, cardboard box with pictures and art, etc. And I, it didn't really register for me at the time um, that I, I noticed, though, that it said uh, one-tenth scale uh, fully painted, pre-painted model kit. And I thought, oh, oh that's interesting, etc. And it wasn't until I opened the box that I, I, I realized that this actually requires a, a small bit of assembly. Now, the inside of this uh, packaging is just like the rest of the Kotobukiya vinyl stuff, Yoba Shoujo statues, or um, the DC stuff with the kind of reverse plastic. It's quite clever, really. Um, just that design, um, quite easy to put back together. Um, but Hulk actually comes in three pieces. We have the uh, legs and waist, we have the torso and arms, and then we have the head. And he does actually have to be put together, which is not hard by any means. But um, I, I, it's a bit odd, I think, just in terms of the rest of the um, Bishoj, sorry, the rest of the Kotobukiya stuff. Particularly, you know, this is in the same scale and same vein as the DC stuff. Stuff. Why th- these are model kits? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's a licensing issue. Um, not sure, but kind of odd. But anyway, uh, and, and I guess the one drawback of that from a collector point of view is that without the window box, uh, you know, y- you can't have a good look at it beforehand just to check and make sure that you are getting one that's got good paint, etc. Um, having said that, I've never really had any paint issues with this, the Kotobukiya vinyl stuff, but you never know. Um, so this is one tenth scale. This is certainly the biggest piece by far of um, the the one tenth scale stuff that they've done because obviously it's the Hulk and the Hulk is huge, and uh, he comes with um, two bases. So if you think about the standard size black uh, square bases that the DC one tenth scale artifacts pieces come with, the Hulk comes with two. Um, which is not super imaginative um, or super pretty, um, but the way that these are designed really is that you don't need the bases. So it's, I'm not going to, you know, criticize them too much for that. Um, you know, they, they actually one of the things that I really like about these is that they don't need they're sturdy, they're stable. They don't actually need the bases uh, to stand up properly, so they're just a bit of a extra. But he does have the magnetic. Um, feet, the little magnets in his feet that uh, help him stick to the bases if you decide to use it. But I probably won't. I think because I'm not collecting the rest of this line, I think this guy's probably going to come to work with me and keep me company on my work bookshelf. <laughs> um, this is a really, really nice sculpt. There's some lovely detail. Um, head sculpt is uh, really nicely detailed, right down to sculpted teeth and gums, and um, which they've done a really good job with. And uh, yeah, he's got all the um, muscles and veins and everything that you would expect. Um, then he also has got his 
uh, trademark purple pants. And uh, what I really like about the sculpting job that they've done here is that you really get a sense of um, of texture and depth. They've, they're not just kind of sculpted on uh, you know, painted on pants. They're sculpted and, uh, there's some tears in them that actually there's a bit of depth in between the fabric and the skin, um, and the, and the, uh, the torn pant legs, etc., have got some depth as well. So it really kind of gives you a nice sense of, um, texture there. I'm really, uh, impressed with it. Um, the head sculpt, like I said before, um, you know, it's kind of very typical angry Hulk, but really nicely done. Um, the pose is, um, it doesn't look great from the back. You know, it's not, it, it's, uh, just the way that his arms are done. Uh, it's got some kind of very odd, um, lines there that I think are probably more about production and the way that the arms are created than about kind of, logical muscle structure um so it's a bit it doesn't uh bear really close looking at um same deal with the legs as well when you look at him particularly on his left uh knee you can really see um the line where this has been put together and uh it, it, it detracts a bit. Um, I'm not quite sure why that's necessary, but the, you know, once you kind of really look over the sculpt, it's the one, I, I guess, drawback of it is that the separation points of the arms and legs, uh, being attached are really obvious and they don't make sense musculature wise. So it, it kind of draws attention to it. Um, the only other thing to comment on here really is the paint. Um, he's green. Um, but, but the, what, what they've done here is, uh, they've, they've used a bit of a, a wash and, uh, it's hard to tell actually, I, I'm pretty sure he's cast in green and they've used a bit of a lighter green, um, wash to show shading, but it's the two colors to me are just a tiny little bit too far apart. So he kind of looks like he's losing pigment in his skin or something. Um, it's almost yeah. like back to front, the way they've done it. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it's, it's a bit, um, I, I just think that the two, the two colors that they've chosen are probably just like one tone too far apart mm. to work, um, with a wash. So it kind of looks a little bit like, uh, his skin is discoloring. Um, so that's a bit of a, um, a drawback. This is really fun. Um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not planning on getting the rest of the line. I pure, I got this because I thought, you know, it's not a, th- these are, these will run, I've seen them anywhere from 90, uh, Australian to, you know, 120, 130. Um, and, and I, since I got, since I ordered mine, I've seen it everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. I was like, oh yeah, no, put that away for me. Yeah. Or order it for me for sure. And then and I'd, I'd paid a deposit, so I couldn't just kind of leave it, but that's okay. But I mean, still, I got it for 90. Um, Australian, which is the best price that I've seen here. And I think it was going for somewhere between kind of, you know, probably 50 and 70 US being a bigger, uh, piece. Um, I'm going to, um, give this a seven. And the reason it's a seven is, uh, that I, I kind of think that the, the two bases are a bit lazy. Um, you know, for, for something that they could have done something a little bit more creative. Um, I think that the the sculpt 
with the really visible assembly points, um, you know, takes away a bit. And then I've got to do, I've got, I've got to take away a point for the wash as well. But for, for a Hulk that I got as just a fun little piece to have on my bookshelf in my office, uh, he's pretty perfect and I'm pretty happy with him. Mm, very nice. Cool. Yeah. I love the head sculpt. Oh, it's great. Mm. It's just so fun. Like, you know, it's a, it's the kind of thing that, um, you know, the, uh, I, I couldn't easily find, um, the artists here. So I apologize for not giving them credit. Um, but it wasn't, uh, easy to find. So, um, if I do work it out, I'll make sure that I mention it on the website. Yeah. I think what I really like is, is the green is well done. I mean, too much green and the Hulk just, it, 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 it just takes away immediately and it looks cartoony. And so they haven't gone with a really over the top green. It's, it's quite well done. Yeah. It photographs, it photographs a little bit better, but I mean, you can see it in some of these photos too, where, I mean, they've done the right thing in trying to provide some shading and, and, uh, tone variants, but they've just, uh, they've missed either the the color choices were not quite right or the factory didn't mm. do what they wanted because they're just too far He almost was kind of camouflage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's got some camouflage right. tattoo happening. <laughs> but I like him. Hey, excellent. Oh, good stuff. All right. Well, that wraps up our toys of the week, and uh, we'll come back in a moment with some feedback before we wrap things up. And the heavily armored evac fighter. Send in the Marines. Blast them. Yeah. And bottle them. And it's bye bye bug. Each sold separately. Aliens. Well, before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. And if you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear it read out. And uh, speaking of which, I'm going to read one out. uh, (laughs) Fancy that. uh, That's right. That's right. Um, This one came via Facebook from Sean. Now, I hope I get this right, but it's Lahoset. And um, Sean says, hey, guys, I forget which one of you are the Predator collector, but was hoping for some guidance or tips. I've been toying around with the idea of starting a Predator collection after recently discovering uh, my love for the franchise. And I was hoping you guys could point me in the right direction. Um, I have a few questions. As far as action figures, is there a distinct line between vintage 80s, 90s Predator and the modern ones, or has the line been ongoing for the past four decades or so? <laughs> um, while I love the look of the Hot Toys Predator line, it's currently way out of my price range. Is NECA the best route to go while I dip my toes in Predator collecting? Or are there any alternative companies you'd recommend instead? Is there um, a tier of collectible figures between NECA and Hot Toys? Whew, all right. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, look, Sean, um, you know, Predator collectibles have been around for a long time. Kenner um, did some stuff way, way back, and, you know, they're fairly dated by today's standards. Um, the next major um, launch of Predator stuff um, was through McFarlane, um, who did some really, really good stuff for a while, but they eventually let the... Um, the, the license go and um, Necker of course have picked it up um, and that's in terms of that kind of six inch scale the, obviously the um, the original Kenner stuff was much smaller um, and Hot Toys are doing their their 
12-inch stuff. NECA, of course, does do the 18-inch figures as well. So if you did want to go big but didn't want to go Hot Toys money, then you know, some, um, a good alternative is the, the NECA 18-inch figures. Um, so, look, obviously NECA and Hot Toys are the ones producing um, multiple Predators. Um, but having said that, there are, you know, there are companies out there doing stuff. I think Revoltech um, recently did a Predator and an Alien, which are in a 6-inch scale. Um, was it Revolted? Really? No. Who was it? Someone did one. They're about sort of forty to fifty dollars, and they've got some pretty amazing. I'm just trying to remember whether it was um, oh, Revoltech. I think it might be. Yeah. Um, what what's our research guy's name? We haven't asked him to do anything for a while. <laughs> Arnie. Arnie. Arnold. 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 I, I always want to say Arthur. Arnold. Arthur. Yeah, uh, um, oh, sorry, it's coming back to me now. Yes, Alien. <laughs> I mean Revoltech. <laughs> Revoltech. Um, yeah, and, and so, and so um, look, you know, Revoltech, uh, the Revoltech Predator is very impressive. Um, it's also impressive for the price, but also they haven't done multiple Predators, so you're not getting the, the entire Lost Tribe from Predator 2, etc. And I'm pretty sure people like Play Arts, Kai, have done something in between at around that sort of um, nine-inch scale. But, um, yeah, look, um, best bang for your buck is definitely NECA because a lot of the early Predators are still reasonably easy to get hold of through things like eBay and you can pick and choose uh, as well. So, um, And don't despair, you know, save those pennies for the Hot Toys ones because, boy, are they worth it. They are fantastic. So, yeah, thanks, Sean. And uh, moving on, um, Justin. Yes, I have some feedback from Andy Bentley who says, of course, Scotty doesn't know Death's Head. He's Transformer-related. <laughs> Whatever, Andy Bentley. <laughs> so he's also I'm not, not, not going to apologize for not, not knowing something about one line of toys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, to be fair, Death's Head did originally appear in Transformers. In yes. case well, you, um, uh, who else was on that episode with me? Oh, I know. It was you, Ben. Hmm. Why didn't you tell me? Oh, I said he appeared, years old. I said he appeared in um, in comics in the UK first. I just, oh. yeah, I just remember that it was a Transformers one. Whatever. He was in Doctor Who comics as well. Yeah. See. Whatever. Whatever. Andy Bentley. <laughs> <laughs> He's also provided the uh, Wikipedia link. So if you want to go, thank you, Andy Bentley. Do some research. Yeah, I sure you. will. And he's a regular contributor, so... And he's actually going to be on an upcoming show. Cool. Yeah. Not with me, though. I won't touch him. <laughs> uh, All right. And, Scotty, you've got an interesting one. I do. Well, um, last week we, <laughs> amongst... Oh, 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 this was actually one of our funny where does banter go things. We got talking about... Uh, a kid spilling Maltesers all over the basketball court at my daughter's game and then trying to find the American equivalent. And John said that he thought that uh, it was Whoppers. And someone who did not leave a name uh, commented on our website today to say Maltesers and Whoppers are the similar candies. So thank you very much, Mr. Unknown, for that uh, confectionery clarification. Just whoppers, no, because you eat something called a whopper. I mean, isn't it? Oh, recently, oh, 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 one of my favorite skips from that show, uh, Fast Forward. You remember that back in the 80s? Oh, yes, they were talking talking about copper art, (laughs) and um, they were talking about copper condoms. 
Because oh, no. the skit goes that they were trying to sell everything that had copper in it. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, so they're talking about copper condoms, and they called it the big copper whopper stopper. <laughs> and that stuck in my mind for some reason. Oh, God. Uh, so now, now from one cultural translation to another, for people who have no idea what the hell you're talking about, explain <laughs> copper art. Oh, I thought you were going to say explain condoms. Uh, no, no, I'll, I'll get a, you to do that after the show. <laughs> it was a, uh, what would you say? It was a shop that... Uh, was? Is it gone? Is copper art no more? Long gone. <gasps> I think it's home art now. It's called it is, home art. So they basically, back then, sold products, basically houseware stuff, I guess, cheapo stuff from memory, and uh, home art sort of sell furnishings and stuff as well now. So yeah, fancy that I had not made that connection that home art was copper art and copper art was a lot of it was copper related. It was, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, it was uh, copper knickknacks. Yeah. Who, who would have thought that, you know, copper would fall out of fashion. I'd love to go back and get some of it now. It's bloody expensive. <laughs> Hilarious. Okay. Well, you can All right. send in your, um, Complaints and requests for clarifications about that to Justin <laughs> at yeah, I'm full of that useful, useless stuff. Anything yeah. you want to? Yeah, just to, you know, in, instead of clarifying, we just confused further. So <laughs> good, good on us. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the show, gents. Yay. It was fun. Hooray. All right. <laughs> All right. Good night and farewell. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Call your mum. Make sure she's okay. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigurebluescom by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. the San Diego Comic-Con is almost upon us, and I, for one, am very excited about Hasbro's mediocre Marvel Legends reveals for figures that are unlikely to ever get made, let alone distributed. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 124, for the week of Wednesday, the 9th of July. Uh, July. <sighs> that was really good. If you just kind of get each section great once, I can chop it all together. <laughs> yeah.